Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. Today's episode is part one of a conversation on why we need both truth and grace. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to talk about an interesting topic directly related to the name of our podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the issues of truth and grace. Hey, John, how you doing? I am doing great, Mark. Happy we actually were, were looking like, what do we do for our next podcast? And we're like, we haven't really done our title. Why don't we uh, really talk about truth and grace, which I think is a great uh, subject to discuss. Yeah, because for both of us, when we were coming up with the title, mm-hmm. the title had a lot to do with how we view life, yeah. both truth and grace that you know, from our earliest intro, we talked about the fact that we weren't like 50% committed to truth and 50% <laughs> committed to grace. This was one of those where the math doesn't work. It's 100% truth and 100% grace. So yep. today we want to dive in and kind of talk about what are our views of truth and how does that, how is that impacted by our view of grace? That's right. And, and bottom line, it's the gospel. The gospel is full of truth and grace. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I love that passage in John chapter one. Mm. Jesus, you know, grew and he was full of truth and grace. Yeah. And so if if he was, we should be, too, as yeah. his children. So let's just dive right in. What's we, we live in a world today where there's a lot of stuff attacking truth. Yes. I mean, even to the point of there's no such thing that's mm-hmm. truth or my 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 pet peeve is the modern view of, well, my truth is, mm. you know, I'm like, well, there's one truth and it's not mine. Yeah. <laughs> it has to come from someone else or it's just my opinion. So. Diving right into that, what's your view of truth? Yeah, the begin, the starting place, theologically, the starting place has to begin with truth is not just this, a belief system. Truth is a person. Mm. So when you come to that understanding, actually, it'll be the same way with grace. When you understand that truth is a person, that, that God became flesh and dwelt among us, yeah. that now we don't just go to the Bible to figure out the four stances of theology that we believe in. No, it, it's a person. And God's word reveals the character and the nature of that of person, that person yeah, which is Christ. Absolutely. So we're not just people going around with a baseball bat, hitting people over the head going, we know truth, you don't know truth. It, it really is coming into relationship with a person. And when you begin to see it that way, as, as people become believers, and you know, as a pastor, we've seen so many people saved, come to Christ, and then grow in their faith. Mm. And one of the things that we would, would be a starting point is rather than me trying to sort out every issue in your life that maybe doesn't line up with God's Word, let me start at this place, is that Jesus Christ is truth. And when you embrace Him and you begin to understand who He is, now you have truth and then all of the other things that are out of line begin to make sense because now you have a relationship mm-hmm. with what he calls himself as the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, John fourteen six. Amen. Absolutely. Um, so, all right. So 
Jesus is truth. Everything emanates from him. I love how you even talked about how the the word of God is truth. We know that. Psalm 119, you know, all about God's word being truth. But I love the fact that you're. it's like God's word is a portrait of a person. Yes. You know, we know what truth is because we saw it lived out (laughs) in human flesh. You know, and yet, as we're going to talk later on, it was also full of grace. That's right. So now we're acknowledging there is such a thing as truth. We're acknowledging there's such a thing as absolute truth. There's certain things that are always right, Mm -hmm. certain things that are always wrong. Is there such a thing as a gray area? Yeah, I think that there's I don't think that there's gray areas as far as what is right and what what is wrong necessarily. I think that there's gray areas sometimes in what our thinking or understanding can be. So there may be issues as as I navigate through life that I think that that maybe I'll I'll give you a for instance. Yeah, please do. Um, you know, I I came from a background with drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And for me, from that day, I haven't touched a drop of alcohol. For me, that's not a gray area. That's just sure. something that I go, hey, that's not where I am. That's not what I do. Uh, do I necessarily think that if somebody has a glass of wine with a dinner meal that it means that they're not going to heaven? I, I, I wouldn't put that in a position of going, yeah, you can't go to heaven because you you drink alcohol and uh, you know, maybe a glass of wine with 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 your dinner meal, as opposed to somebody that in my life, I, I like for me, it's just a stance that I go, I, I don't touch alcohol and I don't go in that direction. It doesn't mean that I'm better than the other person. What it does mean is that that is what the revelation is to me. So, so I don't know if I really say that it's a gray area, but I think that for particular individuals, and that's why the scripture says to work out your salvation mm-hmm. with fear and trembling, it doesn't mean that there's two truths, but it does mean every one of us have different personalities. We have different perspectives. And I think that there's places that we have to know the way that the Lord is leading us specifically. Sure. I have a friend who talks about this particular issue and he said, he puts it this way and I love, I think it's just wise. He goes, it may not be sin, but I know it's not wise. (laughs) There you go. And so his point is, look, if you've got alcoholism in your background, you know, I can't tell you it's a sin for you to drink, but it would be incredibly unwise for you to do so. And I think that's, you know, um, as a as a father now whose kids are older, I look back and I wish I had framed a few things in that terminology mm. more than right and wrong. You know, I would wish I had framed them in the fact that they were wise or they were unwise. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I just wish I had, could go back. Of course, can't, you yeah. know, but I can't imp- allow that to impact my own life today. I don't know if this resonates with you when I think about the issues of truth. A lot of times I look at, and this is also based on ministry and working with people who are at varying levels of maturity. Sure. Um, is in As I've worked with people who are mature, one of the things that they seem to have in common is that they can distinguish between opinions, beliefs, and convictions. Yes. So opinions, you know, I like the Chiefs, you like the Cowboys, whoop-dee-doo. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Well, well, at least for me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Probably matters a little bit more for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, that's an opinion. Yeah. Belief, 
I have some beliefs about things in Scripture, but if I'm at the end of the day, I can say, I think I'm right on this. Here's my reasons, but I also acknowledge that there are women and men of God who love him deeply, who are equally committed to being students of his word, who view this issue differently than I do. So it's a belief, but I'm holding it loose enough to understand that there's more than one perspective to it, as long as we're both going to the word of God for the answer. Then there's convictions. This is what I'm willing to die for. Yep. That Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, loves every single person, and wants to be in a right relationship with every person as revealed in his word. Yep. Those are convictions for me. They're not negotiable. They're universal. And, and those are ones I'm willing to die for. You know, and, but what I've noticed is that immature people put everything in that last category. Yep. Opinions, beliefs, and convictions all get expressed as convictions. Have you seen that in your own life and ministry? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, uh, most of you know my past. I came, you know, um, from a pretty, you know, difficult background. And, and really, when I really started to walk with God and took my walk with Jesus really seriously, I found myself in this place of going, okay, the Baptist and the Methodist, they don't mm. really like each other too much. And then the <laughs> Pentecostals and the Baptists don't really like each other. And, and then, you know, at points early in my my spiritual walk, I was it was a little confusing to mm. me because you would get these, these different people with ideas. And I, I think that as I've grown through my faith and have certainly gone to different denominations, and I don't really look at myself as a non-denominational person. It would probably be more interdenominational, mm. which I which I believe that there's people of faith that are in a lot of different places. Sure, of course. Everybody doesn't have to have the same belief system, but it goes it goes back to what you're talking about with the convictions. Is that you'll find people where their convictions and they get imposed on everybody else. That if you don't see the scripture in every way that I see the scriptures, mm-hmm. then somehow we're enemies. And I don't think that that's what Jesus created the church to be. Uh, you had Peters and Pauls and uh, different people in, in the Bible who had different in, uh, opinions, and they may have walked through different things in different ways, but they had a common love for Christ. And this is where it takes us back to truth. Yes. Truth is a person. Mm. And when you can connect that together with the scripture, it has a powerful effect. And listen, I believe that the Holy Spirit, the whole reason the Holy Spirit came and and is with us is what the scripture says, not to bring light to himself, but to bring the light to the truth of who Jesus. So when you walk yeah. in the power of the Holy Spirit, you should be seeing Jesus, walking with Jesus, seeing Jesus revealed. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So um, so I think that as you begin to walk that way in your spiritual life, there's much more life and power in that. Yeah. I mean, the other side of that, I agree 100% with everything you just said, but I also look at our world today. And I know there are people who hold on to things that they would say are true mm. that we know are just, they're rubbish. Yeah. I mean, sorry, what the scripture calls people of a depraved mind. Yeah. So they're using their mind. They're thinking through issues, but their minds are depraved. Yeah. You know, scripture talks about the deceptiveness of sin, yeah. that the more we give ourselves over to sin, the more our minds mm-hmm. actually become deceived. So you talked about the person of the Holy Spirit at work, you know, and that I think those things are all related to one another mm. that, you know, as we commit ourselves to 
to Scripture. We commit ourselves to the work of the Spirit in our life. He points out areas in our life that are sinful. We repent of those. And with that repentance comes a renewing of our minds. And then we're actually able to see truth as God sees it and not as our society sees it. Because quite frankly, you know, the stuff that you and I believe is true in today's world, we're kind of mocked for the things we hold as true. Absolutely. And this is really important. And it has to do with the way that we approach God, because there are some people I know early in my spiritual life, Mm. I had to learn this. I can't come to God and I can't come to the scriptures with my ideas or perspective of what truth is and then try to fit that into what the Bible says. There's a lot of people that that's the way they live their spiritual life. So God really is just is there to reinforce what my ideas are thinking. And when you do that, you'll always wind up in places that are broken and fallen and hurtful. But when you come to God and you go, God, I want to know who you are. Remove my preconceived ideas. Mm -hmm. Lord, when I come to your word, I want to approach your word and see truth in what you're saying and have that revealed. But it's not with, you know, God, if I could just get you to confirm my belief system, I want what you say and what you believe. Mm -hmm. And I want your truth. And I want that to be revealed. And And it changes the dynamic. So we have people right now that even under the guise of Christianity come up with so many unbiblical things that don't align themselves with the character and the nature of God, but it's because they're trying to impose their thinking on what truth is rather than letting truth be revealed from God's word through the Holy Spirit and the person of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kind of takes us to our next perspective on grace. Yes. You know, um, one of my, you know me well enough to know I, I love history, love church history. Yeah. One of my favorite characters from 20th century Christianity was Dietrich Bonhoeffer, mm. a German theologian who ends up dying in a, oh, you know, yeah. a prison um, for taking part in a attempt to assassinate Hitler. Mm. And it's interesting because in Bonhoeffer's life, he said, I know He goes, I have a firm conviction that one day I will stand before God and give an account for my actions related to being part of this plot. I just don't know what else to do. Well, but he 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 said, I'm laying that not on my own personal opinion. I'm laying that on God's word. Yeah. You know, but but at the same time, Bonhoeffer was famous for a for a little phrase. He used to talk about cheap grace. Yes. You know, that. Grace is not cheap. Grace, biblical grace, mm-hmm. is actually incredibly expensive. Yep. But it's not us that pays the price. It's someone else that paid the price. So mm-hmm. I know you are a person who's very much committed to both truth and grace. So unpack your understanding of grace for me. No, good, Mark. You know, when a lot of people, when they say uncompromising truth, it's nearly like a baseball bat to yeah, kill everybody with. Sure. When when you actually, when you go to the scripture and you see, you know, the apostle Paul is preaching the gospel of grace, and that's the great truth. The great yeah. truth is when you understand the grace of God. So actually going back to the passage in John, that 
through Moses came the law, but mm. Jesus was grace and truth. So understanding law doesn't really bring you to the greatness of truth. It helps you to un- the the law was given. So mm. Old Testament law, which is truth, yeah, but it was given to show us how how fall how short we fall from the from the from the fullness of the glory of God. Mm. And so this requires. Every one of us that come into this truth of seeing the greatness of God's glory in the person of Jesus, it has to require that we need the grace of God because none of us can stand on truth alone. Right. If if all it is is coming in alignment with truth in the person of Christ, every one of us fall. And not just a little bit, but we we fail miserably. Mm-hmm. And so in the gospel, yes, there's this great truth. But you cannot deny the absolute necessity for the full impact, the amazing grace of God that then fills in every place that we fall short in. And that's what Jesus accomplished at the cross Mm -hmm. is that he took this incredible, the word of God, if you look at that, this word of God being revealed. And yes, we fall short, but Jesus filled every short place at the cross. So now we experience his grace. There's so much life and power mm-hmm. in that. You know, I, I I grew up in a context where I don't think they would have ever considered themselves legalist, mm. but it certainly felt that way to me growing up. Mm. You know, um, that the I'm not even really sure I heard a whole lot about the fact that we come to Christ. We come to God through faith, and that's a gift of God's grace. But what I do know for sure is that the understanding after you came to faith was you you stayed saved by not sinning. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know about you, but that's never quite worked for me. Yeah, well, Paul addresses that in Galatians 3 where he says, where he says, are you so foolish to think that you've started with the grace of God through the Holy Spirit, but now you're going to perfect yourself through the flesh? Now, listen, we were saved by grace. We live by grace. And everything that we'll ever do in the future is grace. Because just like truth is a person, we have to understand and have this revelation that grace is a person. That mm. Jesus came as the fulfillment of God's grace. So when you receive Christ, you receive the fullness of God's grace. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but one of the traits that I always admire in somebody mm. is a person who is graceful, mm. a person who is full of grace. And it's like, I can't always say, this is what that would look like. But when I see it, I know it. You know, that this person is full of grace. And so, you know, today as we're wrapping up, how do we grow yeah. in truth and grace? Yeah. No, that's really good. And you listen, and the revelation of these two in the scriptures, they're put together. It's truth and grace. Mm. And yes, there is this great, <laughs> passionate desire to live in God's truth and to be like Jesus. And at the same time, we're, we're mixed with this this tension in our life that we go, we but we fail. Mm-hmm. And even the best of us on our best days, when we've done everything that we know how to do, we still all fall short of the glory of God. And I, and I think God knew that there was no way that he could devise a plan for men and women to come to him unless he provided a way 
of grace. And so today, yes, we need the truth of God. We, we, the unshakable character and nature of God as a foundation in our life. And then at the same time, we also need to be honest with ourselves mm-hmm. and go, and I also need God's grace that in those moments when I fail and those moments that I come short, that God loves me, not just because I keep all of the doctrines or the truth or all of the law, but he loves me because He's full of grace and kindness, and he wants to have a relationship with me. And so, listen, those two can can never be pulled apart because both of them reveal the character and the nature of God. God is always full of truth, and we never have to compromise that truth. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we need a revelation of his grace. And when, when you have that, I'll tell you what, it'll put joy in your life. It'll give you peace yeah. as you walk through the journey of, of this life. That really is what a New Testament Christian is about, a man a man or a woman who is full of truth and then full of God's grace. I couldn't agree with you more. I think you said it beautifully. Uh, John, I think there are people who are watching or listening uh, to this podcast that want to grow yeah. in truth and in grace. And so... Uh, can I ask you to just be Pastor John mm. for a moment and lead us in prayer for those people who really want to grow in these areas of their life? Absolutely, Mark. I'd love to. And listen, wherever you're at today, maybe you're at a place and you have an area of your life that you just know is so far away from God's truth. You're walking in places that you feel like there's compromise. And you go, God, I'm, I'm so far away. Here's the greatness of God is that he provided a way through his son Jesus to to bring grace, that in those moments when you can go, God, give me the grace to see your truth. And God, help me to walk out that, 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 that desire to be more and more like Jesus. That's really the sign of a true believer. I know when somebody has the Holy Spirit because they want to be more like Jesus. So let me pray this today. Lord, there's people that are have tuned in today and they're watching and they're listening, and God, they, they maybe see an area of their life that is maybe not consistent, Lord, with your word. There's a, an, an area of failure, maybe an area that they feel like they, 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 they don't measure up with. God, I'm thankful today that by your grace, you don't just cover us, but God, you give us life and joy and peace. And so we come to you before, Lord, acknowledging that we are frail, that we've fallen, and that we're in need of a holy and a righteous God to come and to cover us with your grace. And God, I pray, Lord, the way that we live, God, would reflect your truth and your grace. The way we treat our husbands and wives and family members and friends and, Lord, a lost world that so desperately needs to know who you are. Lord, I pray that they would be able to look at our lives and that they would see the truth of God and the presence of God and at the same time that they would see the grace and the love of God that's on display. We love you today and we thank you, Lord, for the great privilege, Lord, to live in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, John. Thanks for joining us this week. If you benefited from the content, we'd ask that you would like it or make a comment on it on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. Share it with a friend. If you feel like there's somebody that would benefit from this content, we appreciate that. And we look forward to being with you again next week. Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. I hope you were as encouraged as I was. As a follow-up to our conversation, we'd like to recommend John Bailey's new sermon series, God's Eternal Pursuit, which is available for free at worldchallenge.org. 
You can find more information in today's show notes. Join us next time for part two of our conversation on why we need both truth and grace. We'll see you then.